butts. Welcome back. Um, okay. So we'll begin. The way we begin most of these one-on-one -on -one sessions. Maybe all. We'll see. After the attack of the Anadis and the final meeting with Teacher Aunt, things begin to slowly return to a sense of normalcy at the Megambia. You're waiting for the famed Janatimo to return to campus. This individual who is not only Teacher Ott's own beloved mentor, but from all that you hear, one of the Magambia's cleverest lore speakers and leader of the Uzanjanti. The teachers and packs of students running about with important missives and missions transitions back to outdoor classes and strolling students. The weather, with its innate sense of timing, seems to be transitioning along with the current events. The hot days of summer are beginning to cool. Touches of early autumn are felt in the air, and everyone seems eager to maximize their time before the rainy season begins anew. Hideaki, you've been here nine months now. Soon it'll be a year. But right now, you're in Teacher Ott's office. Uh, during office hours. And office hours are beginning to wind down. There are only three students here today, one working directly with Teacher Ott, uh, and you hear the hums of encouragement as they propose a solution to the very problem they came here to ask Teacher Ott about. And it's always a wonder how he manages to do that. And the second is poring over three books simultaneously, deep in focus, transcribing a particularly lengthy section of magical theory. You found it best not to disturb her. Uh, and the third is the one that you've been tutoring. And they are a newer, earnest student um, that was so eager to begin their lessons here at the Macambia, only to find out quite quickly that it did not come to them quite as naturally as they hoped. So they're here for some extra help. But after today's session, full of encouragement from you, you watch as their face lights up with realization. Oh, because it's evocation. It's like you said, Hideaki. Right. I'm not creating it out of nothing. I'm 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 shaping it from what's already there. Exactly. They close their I know eyes. it seems obvious after a while, right? Yeah, okay. And you see them, like, just close their eyes and reach a hand out. And they whisper the verbal components. And they start moving their hands in the somatic. And then suddenly you see this before they do, successfully coalescing a spectral mage hand in front of them. They open their eyes. And you watch as they just well up with emotion. I did it! Yeah. Yeah, you did. Nice job. Thank you so much. This is <laughs> it. Like the spell, like dissipates as they start yeah. stop focusing on it. Like ah, oh, shit. No, right. I can do this. I can do yeah. this. Here's this is awesome. You're yeah. gonna be surprised when it just becomes second nature, and you don't even think about it. And he made cast mage hand. I didn't even see you do the verbal components. How did you? You see them try to like mimic you a little bit. They're like. And it like it almost shows up, but they're not not quite. And they're okay. like, I I think Take I still need to say the whole, all like the whole incantation. Totally. Um, yep. Because see, what I did was the component I hid in one of the words in the previous sentence. 
You can do that? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Remember, it's not just about what's around you. It's about you and your connection with what's around you. And then when you see him as that, as you're talking, he's like kind of like mimicking your movements yeah. a little, trying to like really earnestly embody everything you're kind of teaching. Cool. Okay, one more time. Wait, I don't have to close my eyes. Okay. And they try to do it again, and they do successfully do it for a second time. They're like, yes, okay. Teacher, I think I got it now. They kind of just call over. Thank you so much. Thanks, Hideaki. Um, sure. And begin to kind of like gathering their things. Um, as the students disperse, because office hours are kind of coming to a close now, uh, Teacher Ott begins to start returning the books to their respective places, and you also begin to collect your things. Um, but as you do, go ahead and make me a perception check. First roll. First roll. Uh, not awesome. Um, um, uh, where's Star Channel before? Where the fuck is perception? Seventeen. <laughs> I almost wore that shit. Uh, <laughs> I was it too. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so at this point, the students have dispersed already. They have all left, um, and y'all just kind of cleaning up uh, with, from the day. Um, and with the 17, uh, you actually, you don't hear the door open to Teacher Out's office. Um, so it's kind of a little bit of a surprise to you when you hear a soft <clears throat> at the entrance to the to the office. Um, and you look at the same time as Teacher Oz, who also did not pay attention to this, um, and you see um, a pale, dark-haired student with a bright purple coat. Ignasi. He notices you as he's stepped fully into the room. Now, he's, he's entered the room. You did not notice the door open. You did not mm-hmm. hear his footsteps as he is now a few feet in through the door. The mm-hmm. door closed quietly behind him. Uh, Teacher Ott, I see you're still busy. I can return another time. I don't wish to interrupt. And he's standing there with his arms folded politely. Uh, How do you immediately react to this? I think, like, he kind of spins around, uh, listens to what Ignacy has to say, and then, like, kind of, like, cuts an eye towards uh, Teacher Ott. And just sort of waits like a just like a beat. Mm-hmm. Um, teacher Aunt, at this point, kind of. Oh, right. Uh, you did have a question uh, today, didn't you? Um, no, that's fine. We're wrapping up. Um, you're kind of looking at Ignasi, seeing this sort of like very rigid like posture. Um, looks over to you, and he's like. Uh, I think I think we're done here. Um, okay. Feel free to head out if you're done. Okay. Um, later on, I, I do have a bit of a personal follow-up question for you. Um, not really urgent or anything. Um, and you wish... I, uh, looking at teacher Ott. Okay. And then do you wish to ask now, or we can? Oh, uh, actually. I, I could ask you out. both oh. at the same time. 
Ignacy had like half a hand to like ready to like head out the door as well. Um, just Ignacy just sort of is like nonplussed is like well, you do you and he tries to like whatever you're comfortable with. Well, a precursor first. He kind of points at Ignacy. Now that you're up and about, how are you feeling? Oh, um, perfectly fine. All right. Interesting. So, I've been thinking about uh, the last couple of days, how uh, quickly everything sort of kicked back to normal. But I, I don't really understand it. I, I recognize, though, that me and my, uh, my cohort and I experience is vastly different from everybody else's. They didn't experience what we experienced down there. But I, I can't help but feel like... No. Look, when I was, uh, when I was young... Um, I read a lot of books, and in those books, a lot of books were heroes, and they would have these uh, awful and then amazing experiences, life and death scenarios, uh, then eventually come out uh, on top. And then there was uh, pop and circumstance. Uh, Parades and uh, uh, all kinds of amazing celebrations. Days named after them. Holidays, even. Ignacy kind of like sweeps like some of his hair behind and is just like, do you think you deserve a holiday then named after you is what you're saying? No. I'm not even saying that we deserve any of that. It just seems odd that it was, for the most part, did really anything happen to anybody? With the exception of us and my cohorts? I was stung by a bee. Yes, you were. That's why I included you in the us. Uh, um, I believe... Uh, Okoro managed to learn a thing or two with the the Beatles, right? It kind of looks over at Teacher Out. Teacher Out's like, well, yes, uh, everybody really behaved admirably uh, in the face of such danger. Um, you all as well. Uh, you, I'm a little confused, Hideaki. Are you are you asking what others have have gone through? Yeah, I'm trying to get the, what's the term? The cognitive dissonance? Is it because... Cognitive dissonance. Yep. Dissonance? Dissonance. Yeah. It's a big word. Well, I would say word. that, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a vocabulary. Like, you see teacher it's like a little bit like, uh, yeah. Uh, well, the individual experiences are probably best to talk to the other students about, um... I'm sure. sure you have lots to share, um, but I do. Hideaki, this hmm. situation was not one that, you know, we were expecting nor wanting. 
and I, as the teacher for you all are, I'm immensely grateful that no one came to any more harm. Uh, And I, to be honest, knew that you all had quite the team, I will say. So I didn't expect you to run into Stone Coast himself, but I am incredibly grateful for how you successfully handled it and shown yourselves, proved yourselves. I'm, I'm so immensely proud. Uh, and, and I do appreciate that. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm, 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 I'm glad to hear that. Thing is, that's exactly what I expected. I absolutely expected to run into Stone Ghost, and I absolutely expected to confront them, and I absolutely expected to defeat them in whatever way made sense. Ignasi mumbles something under his breath. Um, can you make me other perception? Of course I can! <laughs> I'm gonna use a hero point. <laughs> Uh, you're, you, have one, you have one session. I do. I do. Uh, but I rolled a one, and so I'm taking that away. That's okay. Uh-huh. Um. Oh, much better. Uh. uh that's a twenty-seven. <laughs> <laughs> With the twenty-seven, you hear it clear as day. Um, though it's mumbled under his breath, you hear. So he's egotistical then. Yes. Yes, I am. But, which sort of is why I'm, I'm bringing this in, into your purview, Hidi- uh, Hideaki. <laughs> oh! Um, <laughs> it's so forward! Um, no, I, actually why He's I He's talking I to himself to, I know, right? Um, why I, I bring this up in, in front of you, uh, Ignasi, because um, I noticed um, over the past little while, like, you've... you've you're really good at focusing time on yourself. And I personally am finding it a bit, speaking of egotistical, I guess, being a hero is a bit lonely. Ignacy kind of looks around. Uh, Teacher, perhaps I can come back another time. This doesn't quite seem to be... uh a good moment. I can perhaps reach out later for a better time. No, no, no. Don't worry. I was actually getting ready to, to head out, but I did want to ask you something later. Um, <clears throat> Teacher Ott looking, like, a little uncomfortable at, like, how to handle this weird, like, tension slash, like, rivalry that, that like, he was really not expecting. Um, I'm very sorry to hear that you're feeling lonely. Hideaki, um, is this something you've talked to your cohort about? They've experienced some of these things with you. Nope. Well, perhaps another time when you can schedule some sessions uh, with me or we can find uh, someone in Natambu if you are more comfortable talking outside of the Megambia. Um, But we can chat about this in more length, but Perhaps it's not the place to do so in front of um, other individuals. Sure. I just thought maybe you could understand the feeling of loneliness. 
And like, do you look at Ignacy for that? A hundred percent. Uh, Ignacy does not make eye contact with you. Yeah. And he walks out the room. So you step out. Um, and it definitely seemed like originally when Ignacy came in here, there was a very direct point to like, he had come to ask each other a question about something. Um, so from your just basic extrapolation of stepping out of the room, um, Outside of the conversation that you then had, you could imagine one of a couple of things. Teacher Aunt is very good um, in his where he in his branch at creating new magic. Um, so perhaps Ignacy wanting to ask him questions about that, yeah. um, about building something of his own. There's you know there's many reasons to be individually talking to to in a private session, but you know that he could have come to office hours because people do that as well. And yet he very purposely waited till after office hours and scheduled time with teacher Ott separately. Mm-hmm. All those thoughts crossed your mind just kind of in, in the moments of, oh, yeah. of him coming in there. He was just taking and, advantage of the situation. That's yeah. It. And as you step out, um, you look around and the hallway is completely empty. Um, it's perhaps kind of around time for like a lot of other classes that are in the midst of classes and you kind of hear a teacher lecturing at some point down the hall. Um, you do have this like in this little hallway. This is the building that a lot of teachers have offices, uh, their offices in. So there are some benches along this, uh, the walls here as well where people kind of sit and chat and things like that. Um, so I will say there's an opportunity here as you leave the room to not quite travel so far. If you oh, yeah. wish to listen in on perhaps what Ignacy is going to be talking about, and if that's not of interest to you, you can go on. Hmm. It's not me leading you on. I'm just I, letting I, you know there's an opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just dangling a carrot. You know? <laughs> Nothing sus here. He, uh, he'll lean a foot on the wall and take out a very familiar red book. Okay. And he'll wait. And he'll read. He'll wait for Ignacy. Okay. Are you... This red book is... That the uh, one that you picked up from the circus? Yes, it is. Okay. So I will say this. If this is your first time kind of going through this book... I wouldn't say that. I'd say... You think you'd have done it already at this point in time? Yeah. Okay, so this is almost just, this is fully a front, and you're just trying to listen in? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, let's take a step back, then. If you've already read this book, do you want to get an idea of what information you have kind of gathered at this point sure. in time from this book? Yeah. Okay, we'll take a quick sidebar over mm-hmm. down this way. <laughs> Um, yeah, we're making game time decisions here, people. <laughs> um, so this book, this red book with kind of gold inlay lettering, uh, has a very basic plain cover. All that it reads in these gold letters is followers of fate. Mm-hmm. When you open the book, there is a symbol. Um on like the front cover. It once again repeats the title as they always do, but this time has a little symbol. It is inside a circle, a pair of shears cutting a thread. 
I'm a nurse. Um, <laughs> the curiosity peaked at this point in time, wherever you're reading this, you continue to read. You learn of this group, this religious group called the Followers of Fate. You learn, this is going to be like base knowledge, I'll say, about okay. what's in this book. I'm not going to have you roll for like finding information from this book because you're just having time to just really read it. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So what I'll allow you to do is while you have this book in your possession, um, unless of course you give it back, you can make recall knowledge checks about the followers of fate with a plus two. Um, but I'll give you kind of like a very overview anyways. So yeah, sure. you learn about the followers of fate. They worship this being known as Norns, beings known as Norns, as deities. Um, and so those who uphold Norns as deities, that's who the followers of fate are. Norns, um doesn't quite talk to you a lot about what Norns are, but the name is there. Um, and you read two things as you read through. There's Norns, and then it speaks of Norn triumvirates. Um, just from your, you know, Latin knowledge and from your from your nerdiness of a in the book sense, you know quite easily what a triumvirate means. It means something made of three. Yep. Because I'm a nerd. Um, and you see that people, some people worship specific Norns, some people worship uh, a Norn triumvirate, some people worship all Norns as a whole. It talks about how there's like clerics that do so, there is, you know, bards that uh, use them as muses. They, you know, it just talks about, it goes into like all of these things. That be, this is really all about the religion. And... You learn about their edicts, about making predictions of the future, offering advice and guidance to those in positions of power, um, providing comfort to the elderly. You learn that the areas that sort of like that they deal with is in destiny, in fate, and in the aging process. Um, and as such, that's part of why, you know, some of their edicts are to provide comfort to the elderly, respect the elderly, things like that. Um, and yeah, it just kind of goes into all of that, um, as you get into it. Okay. Um, but it doesn't say what they look like, i.e. trying to put together my, uh, little trip. Um. I will say there is probably, uh, on certain pages, very few, um, artful depictions, um, mm. of... Beings usually, um, you'll see kind of like in one depiction, which is like three different people, um, all like kind of like dancing around this one string that seems to be like through, and it's very artful. So it's not like here is like a scientific journal, here is the Norn, right? It yeah, is yeah. just these these Artistic emotional interpretation. <laughs> interpretations and depictions that show, you know, these three women dancing around a thread. You see uh, scissors in one, like the shears in one. You see all of these styles of things. Um, so I will say if you want to make, um, let's just make it a flat intelligence check for this. So I'll, I'll lower the DC. Just be putting two and two together. Uh, it's not awesome. Uh, 13. 
13. 10 plus 10. You see enough. It's it's black and white, like depictions of these things. It's not really full color renderings. Um, none of these are particularly sit set in a forest. Um, none of these really have a scale of uh, how large this individual is. Sure. Um, you see, mm, 13 before a flat intelligence, that's not terrible. So I will say there's enough of individuals. Um, so the, some of the depictions of women have long braids, which is like, oh, that's kind of like a connection. You yep. see the thread and the scissors. Uh, and I think it's enough for Hideaki to say very, very strong. Maybe you're not 100 percent certain, but you are able to say maybe. Um, but anyways, that was the past. Indeed. We're back here. Now, as you're fake rereading this book, <laughs> staring at this like one picture of yep. one of the Norns or whatever. Um, sending it to Overnose in the Astral Plane. Just like, yeah, you're like, here you go. Here you go, dude. <laughs> We're going to make a perception check to see what we can overhear that's happening in the classroom. Or in the office, rather. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be I. We're gonna be I. I. Twenty four. Twenty four. Ooh, I like it. Okay. Um. Twenty four. Twenty four. Twenty four. Let me roll something. Oh snap! <laughs> okay. So. You hear Ignacio's voice um, you know there's like some throat clearing and you start hearing like little mumbles of conversation um, you don't pick up every single thing um, it is through a door but you are kind of able to pick up threads of conversation teacher aunt you notice speaking louder uh, than Ignacio uh, so you're kind of doing a lot of context placing as well for the parts that you're missing with Ignacio speaking relatively quiet um, but you do hear Ignacio say the masks that we've obtained during the attendant ceremony. I had some... Something, something, something. Can it be <laughs> protected against? I hear teacher a little bit more clearly. Protected against? What do you, what do you mean? They certainly... The, you know, any developments that you've faced with them, they are to be utilized in, in whatever capacity that uh, makes sense for you. Are you finding some more intensive properties involved with them? No, no, no. You hear Ignasi. Uh, it's simply, you mentioned it taking on the spiritual, the owner's true spiritual face uh, you mentioned, and I was just mumble, mumble, something, something you miss. Well, certainly we could consider precautionary measures, but not... I don't think you have much to concern yourself with in that regard, Ignasi. You, no one here is going to utilize it in that. Respectfully, Teacher Odd, I, I understand. Uh, but the... Question still stands. This is what I'm looking for information on. Uh, would you be able to provide that for me? You hear 
a pause and some silence as you hear like a creaking of a chair as teacher kind of like leans back almost like contemplative I'm sure there's some protective uh magics we could start as a basis for and we could see if we can you know make something that's more suitable are you looking simply to protect and he's like well teacher I am quite specialized in the relics and rituals and information gathering that is involved with these and specifically it's not a protective uh, spell that I'm looking for as much as a way to ensure that no one can utilize something something mumble mumble this is the gist of the conversation though it goes in a little bit more depth eventually you hear some books opening and there seems to be some discussion um, are you staying until they are Absolutely. done? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Perfect. So, you wait, uh, you probably maybe take a seat at some point on one of the benches and you wait for them to have finished their discussion. Um, Depending on how long it is. Like, if it's like five or ten minutes, he'll chill. If it's like 15 to 20 or 30, he's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Go. Yeah, I think what it does is it goes from a, a questioning, which is what you were initially listening to, of like, hey, can you help me with this thing, to yeah. um, when, like, you, and you always kind of, like, you stiffen up a little bit because you are close to the door to hear all of yeah. this. You stiffen yeah. up slightly whenever you hear, like, shuffling or movement and then creaking of chairs again. Yeah. And then <sighs> eventually what you think is that they um, they seem to be, like, hitting the books. They seem to be, like, looking through things and, like, you hear at one point, like, like uh, the Archorn Library might have a bit more in depth of this, and like you see that like they're they're sitting down for like a a session. Um, it's probably going to be a lot longer than perhaps you were originally anticipating. Do you? Yeah. Then, then I'll. Um. No. Well, I'll sit. Yeah. Okay. You'll sit. Got it. Got it. Got it. Mm -hmm. Um. I would say it's like 20 plus minutes, um, 30 minutes even before yeah. they are done. Um, On the edge of his patience are just like, oh my gods. Do you do you sit there and like read the whole time or like what are you doing at this point? Like how are you passing the um, time? He, I think he's like reading a little bit and then he's like talking over and over just like they really could just talk all day. Huh. Is this what it's like? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so proud of you! <laughs> Amazing. So perfect. Perfect. Exactly what I was hoping oh, for. No. Oh my god. Hero point the waffles. Um, <laughs> Absolute hero point the waffles. <laughs> totally. For use in two weeks. Um, okay. What was that? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Um... <laughs> Had something in my throat. <laughs> I mean, I know you've been focused on something else. You've been a little little quiet there for the last little bit. Speaking I'm, of loneliness. It's not been particularly quiet. I've been here. Well, typically you're just like, let me out. Or you always have something to say. Um, I've just been 
tutoring kids recently. I don't really think I'll be of much help in that regard. I guess that's fair. Um, sort of idle chatter kind of goes through. And, and mm-hmm. to set that sort of tone as well, you are always available to be kind of idle chatter- chattering with Overnoza. He's always sort in of. her head in that regard. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so he has been, like, he's been around, um, but there is comparatively been far less for him to very literally do. Um, right. You know, you sometimes manifest him for the day any which way. Other times you don't. It's really yeah. just sort of... Depends yeah. on the situation, yeah. Yeah. Um, but eventually, the door to the teacher's office opens again, and Ignacy steps out. <clears throat> he sees you. Immediately, he clocks you. He... Turns back around. Thank you, teacher. Close. As soon as he does, as soon as he says, turns around, says, thanks, teacher. The book is closed as loud as possible. Like the echo in the empty hallway. Mm-hmm. And he starts walking away from you without saying a word. He'll wait till about near like that, like when he's about to like make a, a turn. Got what you needed? He pauses, looks back behind. Yes, I did. Good. The beginning of one anyways. Sometimes it's all about, this is what he gets up. Sometimes it's all about the right start. Speaking of that. Continues to walk. And he's starting to walk too. Speaking of that. Um, actually, uh, if you don't mind, um, I had a question for you. That I've been meaning to ask for a while. Unless you're busy. Is that why you've been waiting? Yeah. What's your question? So, let me sort of preface things a little bit. We've been loosely acquainted really from the beginning. Me mostly wanting to really be understand what's inside your 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 book, uh, and you just being like, "No," it kind of winks uh, with a bit of a, gr- a, a grin. I was curious about something though. And I hope that you didn't think me accusing you of lonely was super inappropriate because I, I genuinely don't know. And I'm trying to do better about making assumptions about people um, because I'm only like 40% good at that. Sometimes I'm just like really locked in and then other times I'm just like dead wrong and like not even in the same stratosphere. Anyways, what's important is this. Well, the last several months, I've noticed something about you. I'm going to say really quickly you've been talking like this and at this point like he's been walking out of the building yep. and you've been kind of catch caught up to him a little bit and started starting into this conversation mm-hmm. normally especially when you smile and wink at him what you're used to with him even though he is very reserved is definitely um he has some response to that like he do- he isn't like completely stone-faced the entire yeah, time yeah. as yeah. he's walking out of here and as you're kind of talking about this he is stiff standing yeah. fully straight um he doesn't respond to your um like any of this and then you got into about where you are right now in the conversation yep okay cool at this point you have left the building yep and got into campus and you're kind of walking in the direction of the dorms but you have passed through like the open courtyard area and kind of gone onto one of these paths. 
in this current moment, there's nobody uh, that's around with you. And he interrupts you at this point in the conversation. Like he's like he's been waiting. And you see him pull his book out and just round on you. Why were you listening in on our conversation? And I think he's like a bit taken aback by that because it was right in the middle of a of a sentence or a word probably. Well, Ignacy, I've always been very curious about what you're working on. You're trying to find out my secrets? And you see his hand is like to his side, to his belt. He like 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 has a, like a bit of a frown. I have since day one. How is this any different? Openly questioning me about my book is one thing, but listening on conversations in an attempt to be covert and poorly at that is something else. At any point, what if you were that you upset about after? it, first of all, at any point, you could if you knew that I was sitting there listening, you could have just walked out and confronted me about it. You chose not to. So you don't get to be upset at me for listening because you made a choice. You don't get to tell me what I can and can't be upset about. And he like just turns on his heel and just stomps off in a direction, not toward the dorm, not towards anything else. Tries to grab his, grab his arm. Uh, make an athletic check. I'm terrible at these. Yep. Just awful. Ten. Okay. Um, so with that, you reach out, you try to grab his arm. And like the the just the touch of your finger touches like the outside of his the cuff of his like jacket, and he is gone. You don't get a grip on him, and he's off. Um, and what you do see as he twirls, like as he swirls away, like where his jacket kind of like shows, he has a dagger, like on his belt, and that was close yeah. to where his hand was going. Sure. Um, and he stomps off. Um, you hear over Noza in your head. What was that about keeping things interesting recently? I think he just like literally like this, his head like hand in uh, on his face. A bit nonplussed, really, by the reaction. I think that's an understatement over Noza. What but, you uh, with him? Just really, like, what is he on about, honestly? He's been so damn shady. Do you think... What are your theories? Well... The three times that I, that I, that I can think of... But I clocked him was specifically about us and our cohort. At least, I mean, I don't really know. But when you're looking at us and you have your big ass tone like this and a quill, and you're just like, mm, 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 mm. 
I, I, again, trying not to make as many assumptions as I used to here, but I don't know how you can't see that that's about us. What's ironic, though, is in my mind, it's not all that much different than me just listening in. I'm pretty sure if you've... He's secretive, from what I am seeing. Mm-hmm. Caught him taking notes about you, so to speak. Yeah. Or your cohort. Mm-hmm. Do you think he perhaps was okay with you seeing that? Think that he was trying to hide it and you caught him? Or do you think he was just simply okay with showing you this? I'm, we didn't really get that far. Hideaki. Yep. What might be some reasons that he's taking notes about you all? Intelligence gathering. Maybe he's about to recruit us for some sort of secret societal club here at the Magambia, but probably not. It's probably just Um, his way of getting to know us. I don't know. You feel like the the non- verbal communication of like you can manifest me if you like so we can actually talk you're not you're not like talking in your head standing here on the path like yeah that's probably fair <laughs> <laughs> and so Overnoza kind of stands in front of you um and begins to sort of like walk along the path like with you back to the dorms um I can think of one more yeah you said intelligence gathering. That's, I feel like, uh, tangentially related. Especially Could with that conversation we just heard. Be taking notes because he looks up to you? That would be nice. Does it have <laughs> to be an ulterior motive? No. Again, if but he's it would showing be way you, more fun. It would be fun. Are you taking your boredom out on this young man? I might be. Yep, definitely. I think that's totally fair. Yep, I think so. It's really weird because uh, you would think I would not be envious of uh, life and death conversations, confrontations. Um, But something that I've learned about myself recently is the adrenaline that comes from those. I do miss. Split second decision making. Mm. You see over and over, I kind of contemplate as he walks. A field trip, maybe. Where? Perspective. Um. Is there anything else you wanted to do today? Do you have any other classes? And you don't. But if there's other stuff you have you wanted to do, you can. Uh nope. I think uh I think I'm pretty my calendar is clear for today, I guess. Alright, let's go to the dorms. A field trip to the place we were going to. Have you eaten? Come to think of it, no. 
you see over those like correct course and go like a little bit past towards heading towards like the the cafeteria. Let's get some food in you first. And where are we going after that? To get some perspective. <sighs> kind of like takes you over to um, you and Nasi are a lot alike. I somehow doubt that. Oh, and, and you uh, go half truce and, and lack of pleasantry. I think so. Some things in common. He. Oh my God, chat. Oh. <laughs> uh, don't don't look at that. <laughs> no, waffles, you betrayed me. <laughs> This okay. is about to be serious. No. Um. Um. You go to the cafeteria, um, and you get some food. Um. Is there anything like before we move forward? Is there not mangoes? Else? <laughs> not mangoes. You That's avoid the mangoes. <laughs> is there anything else that you would like to do before going back with Overnoso? Um, is Okoro around? Um, you can easily look for him. Um, it's honestly, it's not that far from lunchtime. You're probably like a little bit early. Um, so we'll say like he can be, you catch him like jogging in, uh, near the end of your meal. Um, hey, Okoro. Yeah. Uh, just, uh, oh, and he, he, like, he's yelling, and he's just like, oh, wait. <laughs> and he walks over there. You, and of uh, course, like, jogging up to you at that yeah, point, like, right. yeah. Uh, hey, um, really quick, uh, just wanted to check in with you. I know the last few weeks have been super dicey and, uh, you know, some scary stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's been a lot, um, but I'm, I'm good. I'm pretty okay. Cool. Um, I'm working on a new game. Really? Yeah, it's kind of like um, so there's like there's tiles um that are kind of like so I was inspired by the caverns and how like they kind of like closed behind us. So every time you go into a room, like your exit closes and it's just like and he starts like, well, we, I don't have to get into it, but like if you want to play test it sometime, I can maybe bring it over. I haven't written them all down the rules yet, but I can do that if you're you're not interested are you that's okay i don't have to don't take it the wrong way um i'm i am just like not right now um there's a lot of i'm thinking look yeah, i was no, actually that's... coming to talk up to you and make sure that you were okay and so clearly based off of that you're you are um oh thank you um yeah i mean that's a kind of how i sort of like process a little bit um oh so I'm okay overall. Um, it was rough, and I feel kind of bad that I didn't know what to do. But y'all came and helped, and that was awesome. So thanks. Sure, anytime. And Ignacy's I fine, got your back. so that's good too. Like, uh, didn't die. Oh, physically, I'm sorry definitely. That. A... You see, he looks yeah. around for like, and you can tell he's looking it's... around for Tal. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. It's yeah. It's fine. Um, I think physically he's fine, but I don't know about mentally or emotionally. You? Oh, uh, not 
really. I mean, we, like... We play games together a lot. Like, he likes... He's mm. really good at, uh, like, card games and things like that. Um, Is he part of the testing for... Yeah, we, we have a we have a, a gaming group. He likes to be a part of that. Really? But he only sometimes comes. Like, mm. I wouldn't call us friends exactly. I don't. I'm, I'm, I don't really know that he has a lot of friends. If I've never really seen him have friends. Yeah, seems so lonely, I kind of know right? what you mean. I don't know. He seems pretty okay with it. I mean, like mm. we do stuff occasionally together, and he's mm. like amicable. And I know he like works with Chaziri sometimes to like brew things. I think he's really into like alchemical stuff. He's really good at That's crafting. True. Yeah. Um, but that's all I really know about him. He doesn't share a lot outside of like school stuff. Sure. Yeah. Maybe you know what? Maybe one day we can together we can work on maybe just unpacking that Ignasi, whatever he is. Like a puzzle. Sure. You see him like light up and then kind of like immediately like restructure. I mean, that sounds super fun. Um, in terms He's a of person, like, you know, and persons aren't puzzles, and yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to kind of respect his privacy. He seems boundaries and stuff more yeah. uncomfortable if you ask questions. Like when he first got here, we would all like like ask him, and he would just kind of shut down. And like we've kind of just learned that he he likes it this way. Um, I have learned that a lot. Yeah, you are you okay? Um, I think I'm all right. It's been a little, it's been hard, but uh, yeah, I think you, I have you a guys killed, little. You guys, the stone ghost. You guys killed him. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah. Holy shit! Sorry, that was no. It's yeah. It's uh, weirdly, if I'm being very honest. Yeah. I feel really great about it. I mean, you should. That's a really awesome feat. Like, I don't know that I could have done that. That's amazing. Y'all are just got here and you're like blowing us out of the water. <laughs> I think that's part of it for us. I can't speak for everybody, but especially situations like that where you walk into, in this case, a room and you don't know yeah. what's about to happen. And then suddenly it's them or us. And then your heart starts to race and split-second decisions and boom, bam, things. Timers. That would go really good in the game. Oh, man. Sorry. What a good game. No, it's honestly, hey, if if this conversation is helping your, like, game development, it's a worth, worthy time investment for me. You, you just kind of hit on, like, the really good point of, like, the investment aspect and if you're just kind of going from room to room, then it can be kind of mm -hmm. like monotonous. But if I put a timer, that that was what I was missing. If I put timers oh, on man. it. The, Get the heart beating. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, man. that's awesome. Yeah. I'm going to think, I think, I think Zokan has like the little, you know, like the little uh, hourglasses that track yep. minutes. I'm going to go look for them. And you see them like. Yeah. And there's like a spring was, and then you like automatically flips over and then you're just like, oh my God, it's starting. And then there it is. Oh, I didn't even think about that. I could get, I could. Okay, thank you so much. Yep. Thanks, Hideaki. Thank you so much. Um, and Anytime. you see him like turn around and run out of the room, out of the cafeteria, 
and you realize like he came in here to eat and he did not he, he just got in here he just ran right back <laughs> gone <out>. yep <laughs> um yeah and so you're kind of just left there in that immediacy of like Good talk. <laughs> yep. Um, but you guy. helped him. Hideaki <laughs> <laughs> really loves that guy. Um, yeah, and uh, he's just like grabs like a sandwich, something quick. Um, he's raring to see what Overnose is wearing, wanting to go to. Okay. So you head back. Um, you Overnose it like nags you just like one more time to make sure you like you've drinking a lot of water and something like that. Like, it's a little again, he's not giving you You've all the answers. never been concerned about my level of hydration before. I'll tell you no. I don't okay. Do you have classes tomorrow? You do have like a couple like two or three classes. Yeah, tomorrow. for sure. How important are they? Is this an overnight trip? Uh, I don't know. Are we going to know. Natanku? No, we're going to be in your room. Um, but we're also going to be not in your room. I've not done this before because it's incredibly taxing on your physical body. He's kind of finally talking about this as you enter, like, the room. Uh, I think it may have, you know, if I had done this when we first connected, it may very well have killed He you. interrupts, and he goes, mm -hmm. wait, 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 wait. Are we finally strong enough now? Are we going to the astral plane? Are you taking me to the astral plane? Is that where we're going? Are we going there right now? I am going to try to- Let's go! Run to door. <laughs> yes, that's why I didn't, after he gets the food, and then like, <laughs> follows after you. Um, and he goes into your room. He closes the door, um, behind you all and says, okay, again, this is going to be incredibly taxing on you, Hideaki. I need you to, don't, you're, you're, I know you're already thinking about the, I need you to focus on me. Okay. 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 Sorry. Okay. I was seeing what I've read and like, is that going to be true or is it going to be different? Okay. All right. Cool. Focus, focus, focus. Chugs a bottle of water, chugs a second bottle, a third bottle, a fourth bottle. <laughs> no, okay. you're going to have to. Okay. Uh, and then he begins to direct you into parts of a ritual. Okay. Um, I will say this is not a ritual that you can learn right now. It's incredibly yeah. complex, and there are times where he himself takes over with what he can with his dexterousness. Like he is still a dragon that can do some of the like the markings himself, and mm -hmm. he begins to work with you on a ritual. Now we don't have all the components for this. However, I believe our connection should supersede that, and I can try to do this a little bit differently. So, and this this process is so difficult for you because it takes an hour. It takes an hour of preparing this ritual. Um, at which point, like by the end of it, like you're like, oh shit, I have to pee from all the water. <laughs> so you run and you run back, and you see him I was beginning totally to like finalize. Going to. Yep, like yep, totally. Um, <laughs> it's like the the parent being like, 
Do we have to go to the bathroom before we leave the right, house, children? Right. We, we just finished dinner, and before we go out of town, does anyone have to pee? <laughs> um, so, finally, finally, it takes, like, like way too long for your liking. You have everything seems to be ready. You've moved some things out of the way. Um, what he does is he takes, like, like a, a couple cushions um, and puts them on, like, in the center where you're going to be... Uh, like sitting and he's just like making sure that you're comfortable basically and then steps in with you and he says okay sit down uh, as he sits do you remember when you said you were concerned about if I could become strong enough yes I mean there's no doubt we've become a lot stronger in the last nine months for sure you really have. It's dangerous. I'm really good at how good I feel about that specifically. I'm glad. I'm glad that but you... But I know that this is still it. just the beginning. So as excited as I am, I, I'm not... I'm not underestimating how much work we still have to do. You see him look at you like... He takes a moment. Like, up until now, he, whenever you've been, like, taking that extra second, he's still been working, and he stops and looks at you. I'm glad to hear that. Really. Now listen. When I say so, I need you to unmanifest me. Okay. All right. And he begins with you in a lot of sort of tandem movements uh, between you and Overnoza casting this spell. But you've cast spells with yourself before, and this feels different. This feels very much like you're not casting it. But you're helping. Like, in rituals that you've done before, it's like being a secondary caster. Eventually, gets to this moment where you've both been focusing. Three, two, one, now. Uh, go ahead and make a fortitude saving throw. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, 23. 23. Mm -mm. Level four. You're level four now. Yep. Okay. Perfect. Plus nine. You... Feel yourself sitting in this circle, and you watch as Overnosa disappears and unmanifests. And simultaneously, you feel your perspective begin to shift. But you feel yourself sitting down where you were. But your perception is shifting. But you are staying still. But you are moving but you're sitting still. And this sort of confusion overwhelms your senses as your spiritual essence separates from your physical body. And the dizziness and confusion of these dual senses forces you to shut your eyes for a moment. And then you open your eyes. And you find yourself 
in a sea of misty silver and gray swirling energies. You found yourself in an empty void where there is nothing except this mistiness, etherealness. You open your eyes and find yourself in the astral plane. Around you, nothing. But go ahead and make me a perception check. Survey says, find me a dragon. Uh, 21. 21. Nothing. And you try to Am focus I like through. Like, like... You are held and weightless and gravity does not exist. So you feel your fur, but you feel your fur just directionless. You feel directionless. There is no up, there is no down, there is no left, there is no right. You are floating in nothing. With that 21, you said, correct? Slowly, you try to start discerning from this just galaxy of gray. And slowly, you see it shifting and morphing and flowing like a sea. And distance is the most confusing thing here. And you look down, or what would be down, you're not sure. You look towards your body. You see below you the most massive, writhing, flaming sun. You have no idea how close or how far it is from you, but you see it moving. And you look around. The warmth? No. Or any any cold sensation? Yeah. Um, you start to try to pay attention to it. And you realize that you don't feel it. And then you you try to once again, and that, because it you just this is also like in the second that you've arrived here, and you look and try to say, like, feel yourself, and you get just this hint of the sensation of your physical body, still sitting, still where it was. And in that moment, you look and turn your senses. Whenever I say look, you're beginning to kind of switch from physical looking around to just turning your senses and your attention to a different area. And you pay attention to that connection to your physical body and see from you this long strand flowing in here in this sea and you kind of try to trace and you see that it's kind of coming out from like the top of your head. You can't quite see it, but that's where it seems to be moving. And it is this silver cord, your tether to your physical body. With that 21, you see something else glint. And you see not coming from this same strand, another strand that glints to existence and disappears. And you swear you see a golden thread that seems to have been 
knotted and tied around your wrist. And it's not there, and it's there, but it's not there. It's very hard to focus on. I think as soon as he says it, he just goes, Hey, Tal. It glows for a moment in that thought as your mind drifts to Tal, to envisioning Tal. You see it strengthen and form more than it has before, and then goes back. Hideaki, you hear the voice in your head. Do you hear me? Is it coming from like, is it in my head? Like, it's like in your it head, like when he's unmanifested. Okay. Yeah. This is amazing. I'm glad. Do you see anything? Where are you? I, uh, I see a, 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 a star. I guess it's a sun. Um, Gossamer and, uh, I see everything I hoped it would be. <sighs> you start looking a little bit further. You see swirling in this silver nothingness areas of denser flowing movement. And you see what seems to be endlessly far away a river. It looks like a river. And it flows, and you see at a certain point it branches off and disappears. What do you do? So I guess since you were asking me where I am, I guess that precludes that you don't know where I am. So how do I get to you? Can I get to you? Is that where you want to get to? I brought you here question. to gain some perspective. I care for you, Hideaki. But playing with others' emotions for your own boredom, it's a dangerous place to be. I brought you here to show you you can be a part of something bigger. Where are you? Um. When I, when he says part of something bigger, what is the first thing that kind of enters Hideaki's mind? His cohort. The future. In some of the like swaths, like paint brushes, swat, uh, just kind of like smearing in front of you of this like silvery nothingness you begin to see in front of you some of these thoughts that you have just suddenly kind of brought into the forefront of your mind uh what do you think of you think of erafe the last uh, conversation tell, you had go ahead tell first because he's looking tell. at the thread yeah so you see tell's face kind of show up and in this like glistening material and it's both in color and not because it is not made of anything it is your thoughts formed in front of you glittering and 
you see Tal's face and you watch her ears kind of flatten back and look away as you think to the conversation in the picnic when she first brought up the choice that they had made. Why do you feel you hear over Nose's voice in your head that a lack of trust means a rejection of who you are? What is the next thought that comes into your mind? What? It, like, it, like at the question, just what? And I think like the because he was like his initial like plan was to like everyone that he cares about boom 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 and then Overnoza asking the question I, I guess it's not I I don't really know you see in front of you the manifestation of not as much a paintbrush on a canvas and so two dimensional but an ethereal recreation of your father turning around and walking away after the ceremony and almost like a wind which you don't feel blowing the image dispersing it I don't know if I think that anyone's rejecting me you see an image of arc 2 closing the panel on his neck. No. And it disappears. I mean, that was fine. That didn't upset me at all. But maybe my... My want for knowledge can get in the way of my... Uh, Want for connection. You see Ignasi storming off as it just happened not that long ago. There is no voice in your head for a moment when you say that. And you look around and realize in this sea in which you are floating and untethered to anything that for moments there is nothing. And you are directionless, aimlessness, like just empty. And the mention in Teacher Out's office of loneliness strikes a chord in you in this moment, in this vast nothingness. What is the next thing that Hideaki thinks of in this moment? Stone Ghost. You see Stone Ghost in reverse from crumbled nothingness on the ground from Arafe's last blow reform in blocks and pieces in front of you. And you see him yell just directly at your face. 
but hear nothing. That's a perfect example. I was hoping to find some level of connection there because that anger felt so familiar to me. Stone Ghost continues to rewind. And you see only part of the scene. You see only Stone Ghost. You see him step backwards and disappear into what you know is a wall and reappear over there, stepping forward and in doing so both backwards as he walks in reverse time. And you see a scene that oddly you do not recall ever knowing. Perhaps an echo of Stone Ghost somehow affecting this space. And you watch as a younger Stone Ghost, no longer made of partial stone, but a human young man. Just rage and slaughter the gremlins in front of him. It dissipates. Yeah, like as that happens, he tries to like wipe it away. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and then almost as if to attempt to wash that away, Arafay pops in. You see Arafay sitting on the ground in a picnic. And you see her in all of her uncertainty, looking up to you, hopeful. And you remember the words that you said at the time, though again, you don't hear or see yourself doing so. And you remember the words of belief that you imbued in her. And you see almost in sharper relief the comfort that it brought her. The affirmation of who she is outside of her lack of memories. And you see the good that you've done for someone so close to you. That lingers a little longer. Almost as if, like, to reach out and, like, try to force it to stay for an extra second. You asked, where am I? That hope. Hope I can provide in others. That's where I am. Even if I stumble and make people walk away. Because I push too far. You see yourself <clears throat> floating. You feel yourself shifting a little. Turning your body around. If it was gravity, perhaps you'd be completely upside down at this point, And yet it is still the same. But simply facing another way. There, in your sights. Far above you. More massive. Than perhaps you ever really envisioned. You see a shimmering golden ancient copper dragon as the Overnoza 
the real Overnoza, not this manifestation that you normally see, looks down at you. Is that why you keep pushing people away? You see him kind of extend a claw outwards and you feel yourself beginning to pummel backwards away from him. And you feel that perhaps you have a power here, a moment to counteract this, because he asked, pushing people away, and you feel yourself falling away from him. Yes, I'm okay. Um, <laughs> as it does, he reaches out and almost as if trying to like reach out and grab like two nearby stars and then just launch yourself forward and doesn't matter how far away they are I'll find them you find yourself falling suddenly in the opposite, not falling, like shooting forward in the opposite direction from where you were falling, grasping onto nothingness and yet feeling those stars and pulling yourself forward, striving to reach towards Overnoza. But distance here is fickle and weird. And you feel yourself shooting and you see Overnoza but you also feel the distance still and how far he is away from you. What do you really want, Hideaki? You see his lips and his his maw open and close as he speaks to you directly from this astral being. It's not different than what everybody wants. Just to be part of something cool. (laughs) It just laughs. I mean... No one's ever going to believe me. What do you want? What do you want? Kind of like just like goes like kind of like go slack for a minute, just kind of like mm-hmm. woosa. I want to connect people. I don't want to see the world. I want to tell stories. Suddenly, you find yourself far closer than you were before, still flying impossibly fast towards Overnoza. And you see him both transparent and there in this astral sea, glittering in a nebula of copper stars. And suddenly, he is impossibly large compared to you. And impossibly close. There are so many stories that we can tell together, weaving and connecting so many people. 
I, that's just it. I've kind of got most of what I wanted already. So maybe what I really, really want is to just give that to other people over and over and over and over, wherever we go. But Hideaki, you're not alone. I'm here. So next time I trip and fall down, you take me to the plane of fire? <laughs> you hear this chuckle reverberate within you as it emanates out and fills the warmth and acceptance and appreciation for your tenacity for your striving, for your wants emanate out from this ancient copper dragon. And you feel to your core an appreciation of Hideaki, the ever eager, ever studious, ever getting into trouble little kid that was going to his choosing. And you feel that connection and the reason Overnoza chose you all that time ago in this full bellied laugh. And you feel a trueness to Overnoza that isn't always there this appreciation for storytelling, this appreciation for joy that perhaps in his time here. You think briefly to the moment you first came here for the emptiness and you realize the contrast of how this dragon is stuck here in this nothingness. And you realize how much he equally relies on you and how when he says you are not alone, a little bit of that echoes to him as well. You reach out. You are still ever traveling closer. And you feel something brush your fingertips. And at the same time you hear in your head, this is the scale of things to come. You and I are meant for greater things. We will tell even greater stories together. So don't get shaken by so many little things. We'll get through it all. Maybe that's why I'm not so scared about all the conflict, patrons, dragons, stone ghosts, threats we don't even know about yet. They're just stories to tell. I just don't know what they are yet. Yes. What you need to do is figure out how to make the now a path. And you see in front of you this like 
classic winding cobblestone path begin to emerge and out from in front of you. How to make the now a path to your future. With the words future, you see your cohort at the end of that path. And as you feel yourself begin to pull in that direction, like a yanked tether from the silver cord behind you, you find yourself falling back into your physical body. And as soon as that happens, he just overwhelmed starts bawling. You feel yourself settle into your own body once more and overcome by so many physical sensations at once. You realize that time, this is you've learned this in the past, time does not pass in the astral plane. You do not know how long this has been, but your body feels like your stomach is so, so hungry. You look outside, it is pitch dark outside the window. You are thirsty, your mouth is dry. You still have to pee. <laughs> and all of these sensations and all of these emotions cr- like just coming crashing down, you begin to fall. And as you curl forward, you feel something pressed into the palm of your hand. You open your hand. There is a single, large, larger than what you're used to seeing, copper scale in your hand. You feel it radiate with magic. And you just know that this has come from the dragon over Noza himself. And albeit a little earlier than I anticipated. Not quite. Go for it. Yeah, go for it. He gets up, Mm -hmm. goes right to his desk. And though exhausted from a field trip, begins to write two letters. Okay. The first one. Yes. It's for a small pen pal in, from, in the city. A little kid. A little, little child. And it says, don't worry. I didn't forget about you. I was just busy, you know, saving the school. I can't wait to show you uh, and tell you about it next time I'm in town. Don't forget to keep studying. And then he writes a second letter. This one I am very curious about. (laughs) Uh, for, uh, For Star specifically... I wrote, I said, uh, I named the Google Doc a letter to Dadayaki. It's a small tribute to Star. But it goes, Dear Dad, 
I hope the trip back was peaceful and you and mom had a lovely time in the time loop. I haven't really had much time to go into the city and I hope to sometime in the near future. I've grown a lot in my time here that I suspect in our previous meeting I was at times unrecognizable and at times that same immature kid that you know has a lot to learn. The reality is, is I've conquered a lot here and not by myself. I have mentors, confidants, students, friends, maybe even family. How else could you describe being broken down physically, emotionally, and mentally as we have together and still being strong enough to come out the other side, all while spilling blood, sweat, and tears all over this campus and beyond? The term resilience comes to mind. We were able to discover and defeat the mastermind behind the attacks on the school. It's a victory that I'm grateful for, and it was well-earned. But it seems while the school has moved on, the scars that it has left on my heart and mind still strike a chord with me, and I feel my cohort may feel the same. And even as we move forward, I wonder what else is around the bend for us to conquer. Putting that anxiety aside, this leads me to the point of this letter. My endlessly more patient and humble than me catful friend once advised me not to make promises that I can't keep and to assure my words mean something. Lately, I'm even finding words seem to fall into platitudes without the actions and plans to justify them. So to you, Dad, I don't make a promise. I make a vow. I will return to the village and we will have a solution to your disagreement with Dovernosa. I know both of you have your side of this tale to tell. I would also love to represent a connection point and establish a relationship between the Mogambian and Colta Cherise further than my admission to the school, perhaps by a way of trade? This is something I'm sure you've considered or may even be already doing. I'm happy to stick up with you to make this connection much more powerful. I may not be the best at negotiating, not yet, but I do know that people believe in what I say and what I do, and I'll start there. My smarter than me glowing blue android friend, if you ever tell him I will deny saying so and all evidence will be destroyed, has taught me timing and focus. Sometimes you can't overwhelmingly win, sometimes you can overwhelmingly lose. It's what you do in between those things that can be the difference between life and death. A lesson I have learned incredibly harshly and not one I will likely ever forget. Strangely enough, also footwork. My connection with Overnoser grows daily as my abilities and know-how. I'm eager to continue to show what I've learned and what I teach. My kinder than me fetchling friend has taught me that growth comes in many ways and that empathy and understanding is not only a good place to start, it's the right place to start. Something that I'm, if I'm being honest, still struggle with. But consistency is important as well. I have often thought I had all the answers and controlled and anticipated all the questions. But I never stopped to think and simply ask, how can I help? Or how do you feel? So, Father, how are you feeling? I'm sure seeing Overnose and I work together could be something you were unprepared for, and I'm sorry about that. But also, I believe you've done your best with everything and everyone you're responsible for, and I'll question that no longer. I've washed away all thoughts of conspiracy of my mind as I choose this day and every day to trust. And as hard as it is to believe, a ghost made of stone taught me sometimes it's not all about you and that you can lose yourself in the oblivion that is selfishness and drown in hatred and misunderstanding. The villain in my story, or so I hoped. There's so many more people that I've learned from, and though there was great hardship, danger, and even death, I'm grateful to be here. I imagine your frustration with me has always been that I seem distracted by the worlds that live inside my imagination. But in moments of bleakness and despair, I found reasons to fight, reasons to hope, reasons to continue, and in some cases, that knowledge has kept me and my friends alive. 
this journey I'm on could be a year, it could be 10. But I believe I'm ready. I'm ready to listen. I made a decision to pursue the future with Overnoza and that journey continues. But for now, I have two villages and every day I choose both. I hope to gain the ability and strength enough to earn that trust as I try to care for both. Today it feels naive and overcommitting, but Natampu wasn't built in a day, I guess. Perhaps one day that's Natampu for village number three in hell. One day the entire Mwangi expanse, even the whole of Galarian. Maybe even the Astral Sea, which by the way is as amazing as I had hoped. I hope I get to show you one day. And beyond even that. I try not to create barriers as the saying goes, reach for the stars. In the meantime, less attacking bugs at the next family reunion, I assure you. More food, drinking, and merriment. I'm proud to be in Colton. I'm proud to be your son. I'm proud of who I've become and where I'm headed. A wise young Kasune once told me that strength comes from many forms and that believing in the people around you is strength. So I choose to believe in you. Speaking of them, say hi to Kazushi for me. I'll continue to journal, and if you choose to read these, you can monitor my progress. Hopefully I won't cause a logjam in the mail system by sending seven days worth of letters every week. I'll make one copy for myself, and one I'll send to you. Oh, and if the Sojourning Storm Circus comes swinging by, please make sure everybody goes. It would mean a lot to me and to my friend Tal. And it's seriously one of the most incredible experiences of my life. Try the cotton candy. And if you need to pick me up, try it twice. Proudly, Kiriaki and Kolta, attendant of the Magamia, leader of the future, and Kolta Cherise forever. And then a Draconicus says, Where Papre, we eat men. Where Papre, we hiss me. Which means the future is bright, the future is ours. The letter is written. The exhaustion hits you. Clutching this astral dragon scale. I will send you later its properties. Know for us and the audience. It is a spell heart. One we have custom made for you. And... This scale of a copper dragon glistens with the shimmering light often found in the astral sea. You'll be able to affix this either to your armor or to your weapon. And what armor? <laughs> both you and Overnoza. Um, but with that, as we go to pan away from this scene, as the exhaustion hits you, you recognize you will not be able to manifest over Noza tomorrow for the energy between you two has been pulled to its max for a while. You're going to be exhausted and recovering. You may miss some of your classes. It's okay. I wrote a natural 20, whatever, who cares? <laughs> but us, the audience, and our favorite camera crew jump back to the astral sea for a brief moment as flying through this nothingness 
following a river there within the astral sea. You see, we see, Hideaki does not see, a pale woman with dark hair, a web-like mask covering their face and their eyes, except for their mouth, on these white devil-like wings made of spiderweb. Flying through and around this river, pause and turn her head in some direction. And then deciding to turn away from this river and following its course, begins to fly, flapping their wings, flawlessly passing through the space as if they belonged here until they reach one shimmering golden strand that appears for but a brief moment. They look at it inquisitively, and as they go to reach out to touch it, we see it just ping briefly and glisten before disappearing. And then you see them turn their head and look off to another direction. And you hear, interesting. They fly off to investigate further. And that is where we will end tonight. <laughs> Yay! Yeah! <laughs> Amazing! <laughs> so I have to tell everybody what I told Sarah earlier, which is like, look, we could, we could just hang out in the classroom all day or we could go to Ashville Sea. I'm cool with literally anything. And then we did both! <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you know, that's, that's good. Why not both? <laughs>